Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher. Taryn, September is pretty much here, which means training camp is right around the corner. A busy offseason gives way to all the competition in camp, and we'll see where the lineup looks come October 15th, the season opener for the Flyers, a big season where the team definitely wants to jump back into the playoffs and do something with this uh, after this busy offseason. So we figured, why not? Let's finish our lineup series. We looked at the top six. We looked at the bottom six. We looked at all three defensive pairs. So let's shift gears to the guys between the pipes. I think we know the two goalies, Taryn, but we can definitely talk about how many games for each goalie and what we're expecting from the goalies. So, Taryn, what is the perfect split for you with Carter Hart and Martin Jones? And do you think the team is going to cut down on that league-worst goals against last year? Yeah, I I think they have to. Um, You know, I think there was definitely some – I feel like there were a few question marks around the Jones signing, but um, based off of, like, his last, I would say, probably two seasons uh, out West. But uh, you look at how San Jose played over the past two years, and it's – it's. I think those numbers – a lot like Carter's numbers last year – I don't think they misrepresent the way he played. I don't, but I do think they misrepresent the, um, the ability of both the Flyers defensemen, especially now that they've picked up like three former alternate captains that are now just among their defensemen alone um, and Carter's ability himself. So I think you'll, you should see improvement from both players, I would think, just statistically speaking, split-wise is where things get dicey because, you know, I think the split was a little bit more even last year as well because of the way the schedule was set up. And I'm looking at the schedule, and once Carter was struggling, there was no, you know, place for the weary to rest with last year's schedule. And I was looking at this year's schedule the other day because I just had a few friends talking about like, you know, doing this thing in February or this thing in December. And I was like, I don't even know what the schedule looks like this year. I have to take another look at it. And they have at one point in October, I believe they have like a weird cluster where they have like four days off in a row or five. Um, Come February, they have almost three weeks off. It looks like um, when the all-star break and their bye week comes like they have a lot of areas where guys could recoup where last year there was no space. So I would expect Carter's numbers within the split to be significantly higher this year Um, because a, he can't have, he can't have games where quite frankly, he felt like a liability last season. Um, So you're going to need him to play. You know, if he plays bad one game, you need him to be able to come back and bounce. I think everybody knows that that is in fact true. But on top of that, I expect the split to be higher just because if he has a bad game one day, you're not asking him to go back out the very next night and then take a day off and then go out the night after that. So I would expect to see Carter play significantly more games than Martin Jones. Um, But part of the reason why they got Martin Jones and, and he said he's happy to compete for it is that he's still young enough to be a starter He could pick up a very hefty amount of games if necessary. And he said he wants to compete for that starting goaltender role. 
I think it's still very much Carter's position. And I don't even want to say Carter's spot to lose as the starting, as the number one goaltender among this tandem. But I think you bring in a Martin Jones and you say, just, hey, kid, nothing's given. And you look back at some of Jones's numbers, especially early on in his career. This is a guy who can play between the pipes. And if you can't, we're going to need him to. Because um, obviously, I, I just don't think they want the Brian Elliott of it all of last season to be an issue again, where, wherein Brian Elliott played very well, but just could not play that number of games. And then you're left starting somebody who mentally is really struggling or starting somebody who physically will end up struggling because of it. or starting Alex Lyon, like who hadn't played games at the NHL level very much last season. So, you know, I know it's not exactly a hot take. I'm kind of reiterating what a lot of people seem to think about this situation. Um, but it's another one where I sit there and I look at what Chuck did and I'm kind of like, I didn't know this, this move was going to be the move, but I, I know why it seems to make sense to me. So your thoughts, what were your thoughts when you initially heard about the Martin Jones of it all? I was okay with it. I, I definitely had known that Martin Jones um, had taken a step back over the past two or three seasons in San Jose, but I had known of his pedigree. I known of his history and I found it very interesting because it's definitely different from the dynamic with Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott really was um, he's, he, he has made a career out of being a tandem guy. He's had some years where he's, you know, been the number one and he started more, but he's been very known for being a very good tandem guy. Whereas Martin Jones has been the guy in San Jose for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. I found that interesting that, Hey, here's this guy that's played a lot of playoff games, 60 plus. Uh, he's won a lot in San Jose, and suddenly now he's going to be a backup to a young kid who's trying to get back on track. So I found the dynamic very interesting and very different from Brian Elliott. But Taryn, I feel like a lot of people think in a perfect world, a split when you have a kind of a number one and a one A, a one A and a one B, you have like 50 games for the one A, 30 for the one B in that range. I think with Carter Hart, if he played over 40 starts, um, that would be a career high. And I think that would be really good. It'd probably be a really good thing for Carter. It probably means he's having a good season. So anywhere above 40 starts, I'd be happy with. And then I think with Martin Jones, that means he would be around in like the mid thirties range of starts. And that's a guy, you know, he's made, you know, in San Jose, he had, uh, he had four straight years of 60 plus starts. So, you know, he's used to playing a lot of games so if he's in the 30s range, like, I think he's going to stay fresh. I think he'll be better. Um, so for me, that would be an ideal split. So, Taryn, I wanted to ask you, do you feel the better structure if the Flyers get back to being tougher to play against, where they're cutting down shots, cutting down uh, goals against, uh, they revamped their defense and added some forwards to really do that. Uh, could that be good for Martin Jones? We, we know San Jose was not very good the past two seasons. They missed the playoffs. And it was very interesting. Mike O'Connell, the Flyers' new senior advisor to the GM and player development, he spoke at development camp this week. And he comes from the Kings organization where Martin Jones started his career. So he knows Martin Jones. And he flat out said that he felt the structure in San Jose um, hurt Martin Jones. He had that, you know, that Martin Jones's numbers were a byproduct of maybe not having the best structure in San Jose. Uh, I feel like the Flyers could probably say the same thing about their goaltending last season. Uh, they, they, they weren't very good in front of their goalies and their goalies um, felt the, felt the uh, effects of that. But at the same time, the goalies can be better too. I think it's a, you know, a two-way street. 
What do you think about that for Martin Jones? I, I think that could be a good thing for him. Yeah, I think to, to what you, you mentioned and kind of touching on what I had said at the start of the podcast is you would hope that with the moves that Chuck Fletcher made, um, both when it comes to forwards and especially the defensemen, and you throw in practice time on top of that and actually having time to address certain issues, um, that the Flyers are a significantly different team defensively this year, which is not to say that Carter gets off scot-free because of how poorly the Flyers um, held their defensive responsibilities last season. Um, It's just to say that it is going to be incredibly difficult for Vasilevsky to to stop pucks when you're breaking down like that consistently. And I think Martin Jones saw that on a less, like last year, I think some people are willing to, or at least hoping, or maybe I'm just speaking from personal point of view, hope was a fluky bad year. Um, I know that we've gotten used to the Flyers being up and down and in and out of playoffs, um, you know, year after year. But I do think last year was a strange outlier to it all. Um, and then this year you come back with a team that should be significantly better and more experienced defensively speaking, especially, which, yeah, if you're Martin Jones, you should be like, all right, well, now it's time for me to put up or shut up. Like you look at the, like Matt Stafford in the NFL, like forever it's been Matt Stafford could be hall of fame, but he plays on the lions. Well, now Matt Stafford's not on the lions and he has one of the best defensive teams in the NFL um, at his back as he goes out and plays for the Rams. So you, you lose that crutch. I'm sure Martin Jones is happy to lose that crutch in this situation and say, all right, I should have a better team um, that has a ton, a ton of leadership experience all over the ice now and should have quite a bit of depth. And it's not a team of, you know, certain young guys who need to take steps. It's, it's a team that now has quite a few guys who um, are, I mean this in the best way possible, kind of at that plateau of where they have realized their potential in their career. And they, they want to put it all together right now with the right team. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, which kind of puts Martin Jones in position where it's like, all right, well now it's my job to stop pucks. Um, so we'll see. I do think, I do think he suffered out in San Jose in the way that Brian Elliott and Carter Hart suffered last year. The difference is, is Martin Jones suffered it for a prolonged period of time. It wasn't just one fifty-six game season. It was a couple of seasons. Um, so you just hope that he, he never really got away from himself. And when put in a situation that should be more advantageous to him now that he can get back to what he did when, I mean, you were mentioning his pedigree before, if you look at, and I don't have his numbers pulled up right now, but if you look at his numbers season by season, there were quite a few seasons in there where he was really impressive, statistically speaking. Um, you hope that he can regain some of that form where you're not trying to com- constantly overcompensate for defensive woes, because at the end of the day, like I'm sure somebody will hate me for saying that. Yes, the goalie is the team's last line of defense, but they are not in and of themselves able to make up for defensive breakdowns that happen in front of them all the time. So um, you'd hope, you'd hope, Jordan. But you know, again, it's it's one of those things where like I, I think we see it with Provorov a lot, where when you're having to overcompensate you see him lose track of his game because he can't, he has to, he has to do everything all the time. You hope that goaltenders specifically who are put in bad positions 
that when they overcompensate or they feel like they need to overcompensate, they don't lose track of like, you know, Carter's angles look different last season. Technically, he didn't look the same as he did the year before. You know, we talk about the high glove side every single game. It felt like that he was playing. Like there were certain things where you go, you know, when things are going bad, sometimes it's easy to forget what works for you. And you just hope that both of them this year are able to get back to what works for them. Because if they do, it should be a really good pair of, of netminders. So it should be interesting. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Yeah, Taryn, it really is such a will see type of season. The team is coming off. Um, a disastrous year, and then they made a slew of changes to really change the whole dynamic of their team. So it's truly, we'll see. It's, we, we will see what kind of team they have on the ice and, and what these moves translate to. Um, but it really is a big year for Martin Jones, Taryn, in the sense that he's on a one-year deal. Um, he's 31 years old, and uh, it's definitely prove-it time. And uh, the Flyers can really help him prove it if they're better in front of their goalies, but it truly is a collective effort uh, for the Flyers. It especially was last season. To me, when you allow 3.52 goals per game, the most in the league, it's not just on the goalies. It's not just on the defense. It's on everybody. And uh, you know, the goalies had to be better too. The, if the Flyers had somewhat close to league average goaltending, they may have been in the playoffs, but they had a league worst save percentage. And uh, I think the players in front of them, felt the effects of that. So the Flyers need to get better goaltending, but it will be very interesting to see what Carter Hart and Martin Jones do. And I feel like the veteran and the youngster, that can be a good, a good thing, right, Taryn? Yeah. And, and I kind of, I was, I feel like it's an obvious answer, but do you think to, to sign a guy who maybe has starter type potential, but hasn't been good in recent years, do you think to sign him to a one-year deal was the best move Chuck could have made? Because it kind of feels like, if he really pans out, that's probably the right call because Carter's still your number one. And if he doesn't pan out, it's probably the right call because, you know, you, you don't want to lock in a third. The one-year deal for Martin Jones, uh, you think that approach was the best possible one Chuck could have taken when it comes to the situation with Carter, with Martin, and with all of the new look of the team overall. Yeah, I think so, Taryn. And I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts as well. But I definitely thought the one-year deal was good for the Flyers. Uh, they get to see what Martin, who Martin Jones is now, um, and if he has a good year, then they can, you know, reconvene and talk about maybe another deal. I felt like they started doing that with Brian Elliott when they did, you know, a one-year deal after his initial contract. Um, a good uh, barometer to see where he's at and not be too tied to an older goalie. Uh, but if they play well, then you can you can talk again and talk about our you know, a new deal next year. So I thought that was a good deal. And probably Martin Jones and his side liked it as well. Uh, $2 million, pretty solid. And 
Um, then Martin Jones can test the market again. If he wants to, to go elsewhere and has a really good year, he can kind of give himself a payday. I thought that was good. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of best case scenario because this is a guy you don't know if he's going to pan out, play the way he did the past three seasons or the way he did um, what, like his first three seasons in the NHL when he was playing really well. Um, So you give it a year to figure it out. And I know that he's had like, I think three or four seasons where he played more than 60 games. So I'm sure he'd like to be a starter elsewhere, but if at the very least it's a guy who is competent enough to push Carter, but also give him good backup, you give your, your truly your focus goaltending wise a year to get to where you want it to be and then feel the market for maybe a different, you know, more Brian Elliott type tandem guy who's, you know, maybe older and willing to play closer to 30 games or less a year if Carter's really coming into his own. And if he's not, then you hope this guy pans out. And if he really challenges for a starting spot, but you, you still want Carter to be your starter, then you're not locked into, you know, an, another few years of question marks and back and forth and inner turmoil. Um, this was one of those where I look at, at all the moves Chuck made as a whole and I sit here and go, you could have easily really reacted after the way last season went and made crazy brash moves that are just trying to do something to shake it up. And yeah, Chuck made a ton of moves, but none of them felt brash. None of them felt like panic mode moves. They felt like I'm going to redo, I'm going to build this house the way I feel like it needs to be built. And I think when people were kind of irritated at the trade deadline that he didn't do more while it's only one off season and he did a ton, I do think this was more about Chuck being like slow and steady. If I can't get these guys at the trade deadline momentarily, I'm going to put all my marbles into the summer and I'm going to change everything. And he did, but it still, it doesn't feel like panic mode moves. And Martin Jones, I feel like was the perfect example of you could have kept Brian Elliott and just been like, Hey, he played well last year. Yeah. He can't play a lot, but we need Carter to bounce back and whatever. And Chuck was just kind of like, nah, I got to rebuild this house different this season. Um, and, and I think Martin Jones is a big part of that. Absolutely. And that's such a great point about Martin Jones. You wonder if his side wanted that one-year deal because he probably believes he can be a starter again. Starter, yeah. And people look at the flyer situation. They know what it is. It's Carter Hart and this guy's our future and he's our number one. And he's, you know, he's super young and, 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 and what the flyers are hoping getting better and better. So, one-year deal made sense for both sides, and uh, and the Flyers will have to be better in that. They have to be a lot better in that if they want to make strides next season. Uh, I think we thought last season goaltending would not be a major storyline. It turned out to be. Uh, I think fans are hoping those two guys are just steady and the focus can go elsewhere. But, Taryn, a lot of focus has been on the prospects as development camp has been underway throughout this week. It feels like a little bit of an appetizer to, to uh, training camp. So we know hockey is right around the corner. Development camp has some really good young players, Taryn, and some guys that are going to be pushing for roster spots. Uh, if you had to pick one right now in the bunch at uh, Voorhees in, um, at Skate Zone, one guy that would crack the roster for you maybe on opening night and really crack the lineup, who is it? Well, Jordan – have a have a suspicious feeling that we're probably going to pick the same person because it feels like with the way this team has been built this year, there's not a ton of room um, barring, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, um, you know, injury or, you know, any kind of issue. 
but it's got to be Wade. Like, I, I just, I love the way Wade came out last season. He came out when everybody was down, injected a ton of energy, a ton of life into a lineup that was really quite defeated at that point in the season. Um, physically looks capable, mentally was capable. Once he, he had a little bit of, and I say this, like, this is an overstatement of the situation, but it seems like he had a little bit of a finishing issue at the start at meaning like just his first very few games. Uh, but then he seemed to figure that out as well. seems like the guys like him in the locker room. The guy seems like he has, you know, the ego of like, I don't, I don't even know what the most humble of animals are. Um, but he just seems to have a great attitude, very unassuming, but impressive. Um, and I think realistically speaking, some be, I, I would say Cam would be probably the second big name that everybody keeps their eye on. I think defensive pairs are going to be harder to crack this year, unless there's an issue that none of us really want to arise amongst the defensemen or not clicking or not playing well. Um, but I think you look at the forwards and there's a lot of flexibility to move guys from center to wing also to open up a spot for Wade. You know, if you're getting center heavy, which they're more wing heavy than they are center heavy, um, you could pop a couple guys, the Scott Lawton's Claude Giroux of the world in or out of wing positions to the center um, and move Wade up in there wherever you need him. Nico Bay-Cubell, I think, is probably the biggest question mark in the lineup. And Well, I'm looking forward to Scott's analysis on Wade Allison because I know there's going to be so many comparisons of those two, and I think they're they're pretty close. Uh, you know, I don't want to put Wade Allison uh, right next to Scott Hardenhall yet. I'm not going to do that, but I do see the comparison. tell me you did, though. Yeah, <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Um <laughs> But no, a, a kid with so much energy, but like you said, Taryn, very unassuming, very humble, wants to work hard, and that's an ideal guy in your bottom six, and he's got a great shot. So I think he can give the Flyers things that they, they were missing last season, Some a guy that can really snipe some goals, uh, can give you energy, can help you play hard, forecheck, and prevent goals. So he just seems like he has the inside track right now on a spot in their lineup. ton of talent in development camp, but – as Taryn alluded to, they, the team made a lot of changes and really kind of ballooned their depth to the point where I think guys like Morgan Frost, Cam York, Igor Zamola, Tanner Lazinski, those guys might be on the outside looking in right now. They're going to be ready, ready to go if, if the Flyers need them because injuries do happen. Wade Allison, though, in my mind, it has to be the guy that looks like he has the best shot at cracking the lineup. Can we, can we just um, – this is totally unrelated to anything – uh, but I just wanted to, for a bit of banter, cause I know people enjoy, you know, some like behind the scenes of whatever, um, for those of you who will watch this, uh, on YouTube or wherever and see how incredibly tired and gross I look right now, I would just like to defend myself real quickly that, um, I am house sitting and babysitting my own cat that stays at my parents' house. And he spent the night getting a running start and jumping at the back door of our house because there was a cat out back for hours and hours. And I thought someone was breaking into my house all night long and then had to lock my cat into my bedroom with me. And he screamed for the entire night because he just wanted to attack the cat outside. So I just, I know this is unrelated to anything, but sometimes I feel as though you show up to these things in a collared shirt and I show up looking like a harassed, person who walked off the street in a rainstorm 
So um, yeah, Wade Allison's got a shot. I've got sleep deprivation and I'm glad one of us has their stuff together, Jordan, that being you. <laughs> no, I, I, you always have your stuff far more together than I do. That's you were being way too kind. That is a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. Can I ask, is, lie. This, is, this, is this good old Kuber that was uh, keeping you up? This is good old Kuber who is morbidly obese. And I'm also in charge of putting him on a diet for the week, which means I also get screamed at every day. Six six forty five in the morning, he'll walk in, and it's just it sounds like a T Rex too. It's like ah, like just screaming because my parents made him fat. So because he lives with them, because I used to travel too much, and then they got too attached to him, and then I didn't have the heart to take him away from him. And then also my boyfriend is like mega mega allergic, and I was like, all right, you guys, I concede, you can keep him. And then I come home one day. And my 17 pound cat is 22 pounds, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's like a fifth of what his weight should, or a third of what his weight should be. So, you know, I, that's it. I'm glad I, that's just think, where Flyers talk is gone right now. <laughs> yes. We're talking about Kuber, who sounds like he's in pretty good shape though. Cause it sounds like he was protecting the house, protecting you. I thought he was doing his job really, in my opinion. Um, so glad that, uh, glad that he kept you up because he kept you safe. So that's where I'm no, he didn't. Leave. It was a cat outside, and he's not a fullback. I don't know what he thought he was doing, like you just trying to power through a hole in the door or something. Yeah. I don't know, but nevertheless, and fun fact is, his original name was was Claude after like, but like C L A W E D because okay. he was a ginger. And I was like, oh yeah, like Claude, like Claude Drew, Claude, like his claws. Yeah. No. And then my friend was like, mm, no. That's not his name. And I was like, okay. And then they changed it. So I thought that was good. A lot of Flyers talk here. A lot of Kuber talk. Um, it was fun, Taryn, as always, catching up. You're doing just fine. So is Kuber. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me. And uh, cannot wait to talk to you next time. We're going to have plenty more leading up to September training camp. Flyers fans, don't miss it. A special thank you to our video guru and podcast guru, Tom Finer and Ben Berry. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk Podcast, presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.